Good morning. Welcome to another episode of CCT Live, the Cape Cod Times Live Facebook news broadcast. I'm Patrick Cassidy, news editor, and I'm joined again today by reporter Jeff Spillane, covers the town of Barnstable County government and politics here on Cape Cod, as well as anything else we throw his way. Uh, Jeff's going to walk us through a new health care fee on businesses that's uh, getting some pushback from mm-hmm. a local legislator and share a bit from his interview with the town's uh, of Barnesville's new top cop. We'll also uh, talk about a startling new report about skin cancer rates on Cape Cod and proposed improvements to an intersection in Wellfleet that could include a roundabout. Always, always a fun topic. Uh, you can take a look back at our past episodes and follow us along at home on all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, of course. Uh, there's always uh, plenty to talk about here on the Cape in terms of news. So let's dive right in with uh, your discussion with the new chief of police in uh, Barnstable, Matthew Sonnebend. Uh, tell us a little bit about him and then what, what you guys talked about. Sure, yeah. I met with uh, n- now Chief Sonnebend yesterday. We spoke for about an hour. He was sworn in only last Friday, so he's really, really new on the job. Um, but he has 21 years' experience. So not not new to the force. Not yeah. new to the force, um, but he will, uh, and he was very open in saying, you know, I'm still getting the lay of the land from this post. Um, I guess five days we can give him five a little days, time. Well, yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, given that we, the summer season is upon us, that's actually working out quite well for him. He said he's going to um, take advantage of the summer months to take a look at what's going on with the police department. He doesn't want to roll out any new initiatives because the department's going to be so busy as, as is the case during the summer and uh, won't make any uh, type of personnel changes either. One thing that came across loud and clear in the hour that we spoke with uh, Chief Sonnebin yesterday was he's a real advocate for community involvement and input and is really going to be out there soliciting um, commentary and ideas and suggestions from the community. One of the quotes that stuck with me is he said, I think you'll be seeing a lot of me. I saw that. That was high up on our story it, online. It was. And he was referring to meetings, um, public events in all seven villages in town. So as part of increasing community involvement, one of the first uh, assignments he's going to take on is having a more robust social media presence for the Barnstable Police Department. Um, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. He's going to be talking to other departments to see what they're doing, kind of take a best practices approach to this. And we'll see, there are other departments on the Cape that have really embraced social media. I know Yarmouth Bourne, Absolutely. for example. Um, so that that's something he's looking forward to ramping up. In the yeah, and it's, it's varied across departments. Some, re- as you said, really have embraced mm-hmm. it, uh, those departments you mentioned. And then some may not even have a Twitter account, for example, right. or if they do, they don't use it all that much. Barnesville seems to fall somewhere in the middle. They have uh, some things going on on Facebook. A lot of it is mm-hmm. community events. Uh, they don't seem to put as much, although they do, put some press releases out about you know crime and things of that nature. Um, but they use it in different ways than, say, uh, Yarmouth does or Bourne. Uh, exactly. And so it'll be interesting to see how yeah, that plays Yeah, he really out. wants us to be a tool for the community to get involved with the police department. So that's one of the other things. We also talked to him a little bit about what he's considering some of the challenges in Barnstable, of course, being the largest town on the Cape, the most urban here in Hyannis in the village. Um, he, no surprise. He identified homelessness in Hyannis, um, crime here in town. Uh, as well as the drug problem and school safety. Yeah. Uh, since the homelessness situation here in Hyannis 
he said it's under control. And that's due in large part to the community impact unit, which has been working here for almost five years uh, to reach out to that community, help provide them a match them with services. But he says that's something that needs to keep happening. So it needs to keep being evaluated, adjusted as necessary. Yeah, it, came, it bubbled up as a big mm-hmm. deal. As you said, mm-hmm. probably five, six, seven years ago, there were the homeless right. camps. Uh, mm-hmm. People were worried. I think there was a letter to the editor in our paper that it's really right. sparked a lot of conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it the uh, emergency shelter, the only real emergency mm-hmm. shelter here on the Cape is here in Hyannis. Um, and I know the previous chief, Chief McDonald, had talked a lot about the number of services of here. Mm-hmm. 72 in yeah. Hyannis, 72 social service agencies. Um, so that's something he's going to keep a close eye on. Now, now crime, um, he, uh, there's already a move underway to have community watch groups formed. Right now, it's in the general Patton Drive area. That's been the scene of quite a, quite a few incidents lately. But the new chief was quick to point out, it's just not that area. Every one of the villages has its issues. So crime is not by any means um, here in Hyannis alone. Yeah, when we hear the you know the scanner going off, mm-hmm. and as you said, a lot of it uh, sometimes is in Hyannis, mm-hmm. but we could hear the scanner talking about something in Osterville That's as right. far as crime or or you know and overdoses in particular, drugs everywhere um, are everywhere. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter rural, urban. Yeah, and, and he said, you know, it's, people seem to be surprised that Hyannis has some of these issues. He said, but really, you shouldn't be. This is the village with a large population. It has the social service agencies. It's the urban center of Cape Cod. And he said, and I'm sure the, uh, the folks at the, uh, the Business Improvement District are, are happy about this. He said, you need to focus a little more on the positive here. Yeah. Um, there's a vibrant downtown, has a, he said, beautiful beaches, a village green. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and again, I think a lot of people uh, understandably are worried mm-hmm. about crime. Uh, you know, the police chief understandably should be worried about crime and, and taking care of it. Um, but they, that community involvement mm-hmm. really came across in his desire right. to go forward with that. That's so right. that it was a fascinating conversation. It's all in Jeff's story that was in today's paper on uh, up online at keepcottimes.com. Uh, we'll move on to uh, what really was a, a little bit of a, a you know surprise in some ways and in other ways not a story by Cindy McCormick this week about uh, skin cancer rates here on Cape Cod and how uh, this particular area uh, the Barnstable I think Yarmouth uh, statistical area is what they call it is tied for the third highest rates of skin cancer in the country um, it's tied with another group the the uh, second highest rates is also a tie interestingly enough the other four areas that's five total there are all in Florida mm-hmm. so it's Florida and Cape Cod there's some obvious reasons for that. We're a you know a community as you mentioned with Barnstable that has a lot of beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a I'm not a beach guy. You get out on the beach a bit during Quite the summer. Bit. Yeah, I do. Do you do you lather up with this t- suntan lotion? More so in recent years. Yes, yes. exactly. And that <laughs> that was one of the things that uh, some of the experts who spoke to Cindy about this pointed out was that in years past. I mean, people thought getting a tan was a very healthy thing and even applied baby oil to like increase that, went to tanning salons. And, and that, that idea has changed quite a bit. Um, and now they're saying it's not that you shouldn't get sun. It provides vitamin D and it's, it's healthy in, in many respects. But too much of anything is a problem. And certainly the you know, getting a, a good burn is not a good idea because one sunburn serious sunburn can have effects for the rest yeah, of your life. Yeah. It can affect your DNA and, and, and make you more susceptible to skin cancer. So again, in 
uh, on Cape Cod, third highest rate, interestingly enough, Nantucket County, um, in terms of melanoma, which is the much more serious form mm. of uh, skin cancer, um, had uh, the highest rate, I think, in the state, followed by Dukes County, which is Martha's Vineyard, and Barnesville County. So that seems to make sense that, that again, for the Cape being the third highest in the country, that our area, the Cape and Islands, would be high, the highest in the state in terms of the worst form of skin cancer. Um, one thing that, again, I, I noted in this was that one of the experts saying, you know, we've got fishing, we've got boating, we've got golf, and we've got beaches. The first two are me. The second two are quite a number of other people. But um, their their suggestions were, you know, stay, maybe take a break between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. That's kind of the high point mm-hmm. for the sun. Um, good, good for early morning fishing, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but also, you know, don't count on kind of the straw hats. Those are kind of big weaves, and the mm-hmm. sun can get through there. Um, make sure you lather up repeatedly during the day. I think he referenced the shot glass of, of uh, suntan lotion. Seems like a lot, but again, when you're talking about your health, it, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, and on the way on the drive here to Hyannis today, I actually passed what looked to be a couple young women, probably in their early 20s, walking with an umbrella. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that is probably so, a good idea um, in, in many respects. Any way you can mm-hmm. cover up, you still want to get out there. You still want to enjoy the sun, but taking those precautions seems like it's really important, especially given these statistics for us locally. Um, and uh, and and the other thing was throwing out old sunscreen. Yes. I, you know, I I know we have some old sunscreen <laughs> laying around our house that needs to go out. So, uh, good story to read from an informative mm-hmm. perspective, and and certainly we'll have a lot of uh, um, people maybe thinking twice. At, you know, hopefully about how much time they're spending in the sun and and what they're doing out there. Um, uh, another big deal here on the Cape is traffic. Um, and, and certainly everybody wants to avoid accidents. Um, one of the things that's happened recently in the town of Barnstable, they, they put in a roundabout or uh, they did at exit uh, five, exit five. Mm-hmm. That was the last couple of years. It I think. was. Yeah. yeah. And, and then in Orleans, they also put in a roundabout kind of in the middle of town that where I think six a and kind of main street come back together, uh, there towards the east side of town. There's a there's a rotary right at there. The next uh, stretch of road as you go into East Ham, there's the obvious big rotary down in Bourne. Um, and you know visitors when they come don't really know what to make of roundabouts, rotaries sometimes. Um, but highway officials, transportation officials say they're safer. Mm-hmm. Now they're thinking about putting one out in Wellfleet, um, and you know the intersection of Route mm-hmm. Six and Main Street as you go into Wellfleet there. And they're talking about improving that intersection. They're not dead set on a on a roundabout at this point but that's one of the possibilities the other possibility is kind of just improving the intersection which is has hasn't had improvements for uh decades i think it's been the same configuration since 1980 and obviously there are things you can do as far as turning lanes and the lights Mm -hmm. that that would improve it but this is route six Mm -hmm. so this is a an area that gets a lot of traffic it goes double lane it goes down to single lanes there's people get trying to get out to those national seashore Mm -hmm. beaches Um, and so the idea of putting a a rotary in that location, I think is, uh, raising a lot of questions Mm -hmm. for a lot of people locally. Um, there's been a lot of consternation about it. There was a lot of consternation about the idea of putting the rotary in Orleans. Um, uh, our, uh, new, uh, summer intern Colleen Cronin, uh, spoke to the chief of police in Orleans about that rotary. And he said there were five serious crashes um, in the, I think the year before the rotary got put in, uh, it was 2000 and maybe 15 or 16. 
Rotary went in. There were five crashes the next year but at that location, but they weren't serious. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea is that you come into the Rotary, mm -hmm. you're slowing down, you know, traffic's probably some of it's just people trying to figure out what to mm -hmm. do. Um, uh, and, and you've been in rotaries before. I have, and, and um, the concept of roundabouts has come up in quite a few stories that I've worked on over the years, and I was always, uh, I always like the comments some of the planners use, calming the traffic. Yep, yep, the idea and is that it if, it's, if it's an intersection, it's a light, and it could be green, and you could be blowing mm -hmm. through it at the speed right. limit maybe, but it's still a high speed. If it's a rotary, there's no like red, green, yellow. You're not trying to beat a yellow light. You have to slow down mm -hmm. in order to make it around that rotary safely, and I think it does s slow people down. Mm -hmm. Maybe over time, you look at the Barnesville Municipal Airport rotary out here. Some people, you know, time it and get in there fast, Maybe, and, yeah. and uh, they're still going at a good clip. Um, and we've had uh, instances, I think, out of the Bourne rotary where uh, tractor trailers have Too flipped cool. over mm -hmm. and, and oil trucks and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot of things to discuss. There's a meeting tonight in Wellfleet uh, to discuss that. I believe it's at the Wellfleet Senior Center at 7 p.m. The state is going to be taking input from local officials and from residents. So if anybody wants to talk about their feelings about a rotary, feel free to chime in on our, <laughs> our Facebook uh, feed here right now uh, about what you think about a rotary. Um, but also, if you really want to get your point across to the state, that meeting is probably the place to be. Um, so we'll be covering that, and we'll have uh, something uh, up online and in uh, the paper. It's a later meeting, so it might be in the paper on Saturday. But look for that certainly coming up. Um, you had a story that was not uncomplicated this week, Jeff. Um, uh, I'll, it, it's healthcare. It's a fee that's going on businesses, but there's some relief in sight. Why don't you explain it to us? What's the EMAC? Sure. EMAC is the Employer Medical Assistance Contribution. Here in Massachusetts, um, under Romney Care, I believe it's been back that that long, we offer a program called Mass Health, mm -hmm. which is for, for low-income residents, and also competitively priced uh, health insurance plans and what's called the Health Connector. They call it Connector Care. So, but somebody's got to pay for that. It's a lot of money. There's a lot of people here in Massachusetts that subscribe to those plans. So Governor Baker last year said, you know, we need to somehow get some money from employers who have employees working for them who are taking advantage of our plans and not yeah. theirs. Initially, he wanted $2,000 per employee. Wow. It's been cut back with the legislature to seven fifty. That went into effect January 1st. So there are companies, a couple here on the Cape, there are probably several on the Cape here, that got unbudgeted, unexpected bills in the mail. In not April. small bills. Not small bills. These uh, are companies, and especially hitting hard um, nonprofits and small businesses hard. They have they offer health insurance plans, which they think they're doing the best they can for their employees, mm -hmm. but they can't force employees to take them. If you have someone who's not who falls into the uh, income guidelines that can get mass health, sometimes they go that route. Sometimes somebody will say, "I'm going to go to the health connector. I'll be able to get a better deal." Yeah. Or, you know, it may be just a little less expensive for me. These companies don't know who does that. It's against HIPAA rules to ask employees 
do you subscribe to our health insurance? If not, what, what do you use? And HIPAA is the, the federal law as far as knowing uh, health information of people and who can know that information. Or have that well, information. yeah, and so the first, the first bills went out um, in April, and Capabilities here, which is a nonprofit mm -hmm. that provides disability services on the Cape, mm -hmm. got a bill for $26,000, and they were shocked. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting because they said they already paid $1.3 million to provide health care for their employees. That, that's right. And, and um, Rosalie Eads, who's the CEO there, says, you know, we're, we're trying to do the right thing here. We're offering competitively priced health care plans. But once again, you can't force the employees to take them. Now, this is a, a nonprofit on a very tight budget. To get a $26,000 bill and having to pay it almost immediately it has a real effect on them. And that's the other aspect. There's not much time. There's not much time. Um, typically about two weeks. And in some instances, I'm understanding that the um, the bill is just the, the amount is being taken out of the payroll processors, the pot of money they have there. Um, so, and, it, and you can't really gauge what the bill is going to be on a quarterly basis. Um, because you don't know who's doing you what don't because know of that what. issue. That's right. And plus, in, in, uh, companies such as... Um, capabilities has a lot of turnover yep. um, in, in AIDS, direct care personnel, et cetera. So it could be higher next quarter. They don't, they don't know, but they, they don't plan for this. Mm -hmm. um, so Senator Sear, Julian Sear, who uh, represents the Cape and Islands district, um, has filed an amendment to the state's fiscal uh, year 2019 budget. It was passed by the Senate um, for a hardship exemption, primarily for small businesses and nonprofits, which once again, this is really hurting. Mm -hmm. And this amendment um, would allow these nonprofits and companies to lobby the Division of Unemployment Assistance, that's who, who administers this, to say, hey, this is really causing us a problem. Um, can we have a longer time to pay for this? Can we negotiate a smaller payment? Or maybe in some instances, it's forgiven. Mm. Um, that hasn't been worked out yet. Um, has been approved by the Senate. It's right now in conference committee on Beacon mm -hmm. Hill. Yep. Um, so if it comes out of conference committee, we'll know that by the end of this month. Um, and makes the budget, then it goes on to the governor. Um, of course, the governor could veto something like this, but um, it would be over it. Yeah. So it's very important to watch this in the next few weeks. Well, I thought it was interesting, too. You mentioned small businesses and nonprofits. Seasonal businesses were Seasonal. also in there, which obviously for us here on the Cape is, is right. one of those issues. I think they refer to variable income streams. Yeah, because they, they make a lot of their mm -hmm. money in the summer, and then in the winter, they, they don't make a lot of money, and that's that's kind of how it works. And they're probably not providing insurance. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's absolutely uh, the case for a lot of small businesses right. and seasonal businesses. Um, again, that's that's not an uncomplicated story. You explained it very clearly there and in in the in the story itself. And I spoke with an attorney who specializes in uh, employee benefits issues at the law firm of Mince Levin up in Boston, very very well known law firm. He understands. He said, "We get it." He says, "But you know what?" He referred to it as a zero sum game. Somebody's got to be paying for this. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and so there was some discussion in the story about. Maybe graduated. it's graduated. So, mm -hmm. uh, is it uh, higher income businesses? Pay yeah, more? you know, and, and not to single out, uh, but say there's a large convenience store here on the Cape. They have a lot of employees. Um, they may offer insurance. They may not. They 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 could pay this bill. 
easier. Yeah. Whereas these these smaller companies they can absorb it. You know, maybe they pay more. Again, as you said, nonprofits, small businesses, seasonal businesses, mm -hmm. often working working on a shoestring already have the things that they have to pay right. and to add this on and not know what it yeah, is. And, and, and you know, and, and some of these nonprofits said, if this keeps up, we're going to have to cut back services. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how that plays out, and it'll be interesting to see once it's likely in effect the, as far as the waiver process, who takes mm -hmm. advantage of it, and kind of how that that works in terms of the negotiations there going forward. Um, again, lot to lot to <laughs> uh, wade through. So. Appreciate Appreciate you doing that for no for our readers. Um, we're gonna this uh, week starting uh, today. I believe the Provincetown Film Festival kicks off, um, and today through Sunday that's going on. Lots of obviously great films, indie films. Our features editor Tim Miller and other Cape Cut Times staff will bring you all those details, so you can check uh, CapeCutTimes.com as well as uh, Tim's uh, uh, Twitter feed um, uh, to look at what he's doing. He's going to be live tweeting a lot of it, so so keep an eye on that. Um, thanks again for everybody for uh, joining us. Uh, tell your friends, share the link. Feel free to follow us along and share any story ideas. You can email Jeff or I. Look at CapeCutTimes.com for all the emails for everybody who works here or, or tweet at us. Uh, we're where news starts on Cape Cod. Until next week, have a good morning and good luck.